You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for the Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. How are you, David? I'm all right. I've got a pint here and um, something on it. I've got coffee. Coffee in the pub. That's Actually, a thing. Most pubs, most pubs in Britain now do serve coffee. Well, of course. Why wouldn't you? Nectar well, of the gods, brother. Yeah, well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm a big, big coffee drinker, but um, certainly when I was growing up, that's not where you went to get coffee. Mm-mm. Well, actually, you, you couldn't really go very many places when I was growing up in Britain to get coffee. <laughs> you get the occasional Italian cafe that had a proper espresso machine, but in the 70s and the 80s, um, if you asked for coffee somewhere, you often got instant. Um, it wasn't really a thing until um, until uh, kind of the... yeah the 90s when coffee shops started to come over here yeah well that's the same time for here i mean it kind of started in the seattle area and it spread worldwide really quickly yeah because it sends out people like coffee yeah shocker (laughs) um you know it's weird uh you know i'm selling cars same brand just different dealership now here in my hometown and I've had people come in that I actually knew, which generally didn't happen at the other dealership. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a person come in. I'm not going to say any names because he actually listens to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook, but I never see his stuff posted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing on Facebook. You're friends with all these people, but Facebook decides, here's the 30 people I'm going to show you shit to on a daily basis. Yeah. And uh, he came in looking for a car, and he knew I was there. Um, and we started talking, and he's not buying a car, by the way. And, uh, well, not yet, anyways. No. And he started talking about, you know, us doing this show. He's like, man, yeah. you've been podcasting a long time. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you knew about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I listen to your shows. Um, don't listen to everyone, but I've heard a lot of them. And he goes way back to when Chad and I were doing the MyMac podcast back in, you know, early 95. Yeah. So, which is surprising because Facebook wasn't even a thing then. But he found the show. He was a podcast guy. So, anyways, he says, you know, it's weird. And I was kind of friends with him in in, uh, more junior high than high school. I don't know if I remember him from high school, but junior high, definitely. Yeah. He said, you know, what's weird is you go into a lot of personal stuff, but you never talk about like all the fights you got into. <laughs> I kind of looked at him. I said, what do you mean? He goes, seemed like you were in a fight every other week, man. And I was like, ah, I wasn't in a fight every other week. That's, that's, you know, I was into girls and sports and reading. and, um, But then, you know, he started talking about it more. And I was like, God dang, I was in a lot of fights in school. Hmm. And, uh, it's weird as you get older, you kind of not necessarily forget that stuff, but you kind of, you're not proud of it. You know, you kind of push it to the back and don't think about it much. I, I think you do forget about it. I think there's, I mean, there are people I knew at school who I can half remember. And there are, there's probably people I knew at school who I don't remember at all unless I bumped into them. 
Um, and there's people whose faces I can remember, but I couldn't tell you what their names were. And yet I knew them pretty well at the time. Yeah, but uh, I, he's you know, talking I, about I, events that I was involved in. That Yeah, I know. But, but we, you often, I think you often, as you get older, you forget events as well. You forget specifics. Everything becomes very general. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how many times have you... Have you met up with somebody you did know as a kid? And they said, oh, I remember that time when we did this, that and the other. And, and you, you're thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. <laughs> he said, uh, I, I think you, you remember a, specific yeah. events, but not all of them. He goes, you had a, a really short temper. Which I do admit, I used to have a very short temper. I control it very well now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, instead of getting violent now, I get snarky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works better at you know yeah. fifty years old, but it was just weird for him to to somebody to to remind me of something that you know was a very long time ago. You know, yeah. he's like, you never talk about those, uh, and I thought about it afterwards. I was like, what am I supposed to talk about? How a guy hit me and I hit him. I mean, what what's there to talk about? What yeah, led up I to guess, the fight? I I guess. Um I don't know, they obviously made more of an impression on him than they did on you. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I mean, I, I I remember the fights, but I don't remember details. Do you, you do remember why you were fighting? Yeah, it's usually over, uh, well, teenage boys. Right. Okay. I mean, did you really need many more reasons than that? Mm, I suppose not. Yeah. So maybe we should get him on and we can go through your fight history. Yes, right. <laughs> Maybe get some scores, you know. Um, All the people he was saying that he remembered me getting in fights, most of them I'm friends with on Facebook, which is kind of ironic. Maybe the Facebook's the content. Yeah. (laughs) You know. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, you get that a lot. People you didn't get on with when you were younger, if you're still in contact with them, sometimes you find, because we all change, we all grow, and sometimes you find you've got more in common with them now. Or the things that bothered you at the time have gone away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like girls, cars, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's strange, though, that to have that conversation. And some of them I, I, did, I really didn't remember. I'm like, did yeah. I? He's like, yeah, I remember so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh, yeah, kind of. And he's throwing names at me that I, I, don't, I don't remember at all, some of them. Yeah. You know, and it's weird that you would have somebody else explain significant parts of your history that you just wasn't as important afterwards, you know? Well, yeah, they weren't significant to you, otherwise you'd remember them. No, that's and true. the problem is, I think, I think as well, we all, well, we all forget, but um, most of us don't realize that our memories are far more unreliable oh, yeah. than we think they are. Yes. You know, we you, you can think back to particular events and you think oh i can remember in detail i remember where i was standing i remember what i looked what i looked at you know like it's a like it's a movie and in fact it's nothing like that at all yep and uh that's why they say eyewitness is one of the most unreliable yeah Yeah. because people fill in the because our brains are designed to do that we we actually see a very small amount of the world and our brain kind of fills in the details to make it look like everything in our 180 degree field of view we're fully aware of but it's a trick Yes. And the problem is the memory works like that as well. So you you remember more about how you felt uh, and that sort of thing rather than specific details. And you can very easily be led on to, you know, you know what, co- what colour coat he's wearing. 
oh, I think it was, you, you don't really know, so you say grey. Yeah. And somebody says, oh, no, no, he was definitely wearing a red coat. Red coat, red coat. You know, and then before you know it, you're convinced he was wearing a red coat. And then somebody shows you CCTV or something like that, and it turns out the coat was blue. Yeah. Uh, and that stuff like that happens all the time. And that's why, yeah, as you say, uh, eyewitness, eyewitness events are not necessarily that reliable. Um, and you God, do forget stuff that, you know, maybe you kind of enjoyed or made you angry at the time. And uh, a couple of weeks later, it's kind of faded to the background. And one of those things is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I watched it <laughs> like that segue. Oh, I watched that maybe a month ago, month and a half ago. I don't even remember now. Um, yeah. And I thought, it's okay. There was parts that I thought were good. There was parts that I didn't enjoy. Um, I thought is by far the weakest of the three movies. Mm, I can see that one. So I, I'm not sure I, I don't, would I agree with that? I know it's, to me, it's a movie of two halves. Um, and this is, there's a wider point here, which is this year in particular, maybe last year as well. And maybe this is a post COVID thing. Just the buzz around movies is not happening. You know, these things that used to be massive tent poles and, everyone would be talking about are just kind of sliding by you know and um i read up the reviews of the guardians movie after i saw it and most of them were pretty positive um i'm not sure i agreed with some of them so i watched it this week and uh so it's very fresh in my mind and here here was my impression of it i hated the first half right For i'm trying to remember the what the first half was even well, about so, so that's the problem so that's that's part of the problem. So to to uh, I'm going to assume that anybody listening to this either hasn't seen it or doesn't mind having it spoiled at this point because it's it's been out on streaming for a while. If you haven't seen it, skip forward, go and watch it on Disney Plus if you if you're bothered about hearing the plot points. But it it starts out with they're on nowhere, which is where they live now, which is the alien celestial's head. Yeah. Uh, and um. They're kind of doing their things, trying to fix it up. Um, uh, Star Lord is still drinking heavily because he's still depressed about Gamora. And then this golden guy comes flying in and smashes the pace up. And he's trying to get Rocket, and he shoots him. And was uh, he trying to get Rocket, or he was? No, he wasn't trying no, to get Rocket. Uh, well, he was trying to get Rocket. He, he was supposed to be trying to get Rocket, and this is part of the problem. Right, and I'll come on to this in a minute. But yeah, he's um, Will Poulter. He's a British actor. He's quite a good actor. Um, didn't really work for me in this role, but never mind. Um, he he ends up shooting Rocket, and um, they can't treat Rocket because he's got some sort of uh, in in his. Obviously, he's he's an animal that's been bioengineered. He's got something which basically, any time you try and treat him for anything, it's they call it a kill switch that says. Um, they can't treat him, so he's going to die in a couple of days unless they treat him. So they immediately go off to try and find out where he was manufactured, where he was created, to disable this kill switch. And that's the MacGuffin that starts the movie, right? And that first half, up until they get the kill switch or find what they need to do to, that, which is the, this is the the plot that drives the adventure. I was just, I was I was tired of it. So and my problem with it was first of all. Yeah, the, every, the, it was written assuming that you'd seen the Guardians Holiday special. Yes. And if you hadn't, you wouldn't know half of what was going on. You wouldn't know where they were. You wouldn't know why some characters were there. You wouldn't know some of the new characters at all. Um, 
And for a, a, a genre where, you know, these movies, they kind of live off the fact that, you know, they're a group and what they're doing as a group kind of drives the plot. To have so many holes right at the beginning where you've no idea what they're going on, what's going on, is really bad. And and then, so the golden guy comes in is Adam Warlock, very famous character from the comics. I, I, it, I can only presume that, that uh, James Gunn hates Adam Warlock because... Hates the character because yeah, he, he made just him a complete idiot. Yeah, he, he just trashed. He just destroyed. He made him. Yeah, a fool. Um, but more than that, if you, if you've not seen the previous movie, you will have no idea why he why he might have a beef with the Guardians. You did, and you thought maybe that's why he attacked them because he had a beef with the Guardians. In fact, he was. They were being employed by Rocket's creator, and that only comes out later. And you don't, it's not really clearly explained, so you don't really understand why you attacked them in the first place. And the whole thing just comes across as, oh, we had some, we needed some lazy way to get the plot going, and this, this was how we did it. Yeah, There's, there was no, they, they, Adam Warlock was meant to be dangerous and, uh, a, you know, a real threat and a villain to them, but because of the way they played it, it's just like it's dumb. Even though he's powerful, it's dumb. And then off they go, and it becomes more dumb. I hated the whole thing where they went to the uh, bioengineered space station because the bioengineered space station looked like what it was, which was lots of plastic set dressing covered in something to make it glisten. Yeah, well, it that's, looked yeah, it looked bad. Really, it looked really, really cheap. And for a movie that costs as much as Guardians Three did, they just did not pull it off at all. And and then as well, so the first half of the movie has a lot of Guardian-style comedy in it. They have Nathan Fillion as a um, as a, as a guard on this 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 organic base, and he's wearing a a stupid suit that is meant to look like it's organic. It just looks like what it was, which was foam rubber. Um, and he's meant to be, you know, the, he's meant to be the, like the only clever leader. And they, there's banter and all this sort of thing. All the jokes in the first half of this movie just don't work at all. You know, they're just not funny. No. And uh, and you, I'm just watching this. And I think this is a huge miss. It really is. And you know what? I, I was also so done with Star-Lord still moping over G- Gamora because they did that already. And, the, you know, the fact that he was still doing it really, I, I thought, was just really tiresome. Really, really tiresome. Um, you know, and, and I start thinking, even if the guys are his friends, why are they... Why are they hanging around with him? Nobody seems to be doing anything to try and snap him out of it, but no. they're just hanging around with him. Yep. You know, and and it's just like, yeah, we've had like two and a half movies of this now. He even mentions during this that, you know, because of his first reaction to uh, to Gamora's death, you know, it, it nearly cost the lives of half of the entire universe. He even says that, uh, right? So it's kind of been dealt with and addressed, and you'd think even somebody like um, uh, Peter Quill would have had enough emotional growth he is a grown man after all to recognize that that was a bad reaction and to kind of pull himself together over it and instead they just play it like oh no he's a lovesick puppy can't do anything it was it was just bad and so all of it doesn't hang together at all now once they actually properly introduce the villain and they get to the the second planet the counter earth i found the second half of the movie to be much more like a guardians movie and i enjoyed it a lot more and I thought they actually fixed all all of the issues they had in the first half by how they dealt with the second half. And I thought the second half was really, really great. 
And I'm just come out of it thinking, well, I kind of wish the whole movie had been like that rather than just the second half. The second half worked for me. The first half didn't. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah, I know. Because normally the big kind of, you know, battle ending is just like the third act is when they just kind of go, well, yeah, here's, here's the, let's hand it over to the visual effects guys. Um, and there's a lot of that going on. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, I, you know, in the second half, I found the jokes were working better. The uh, the way they were interacting was far more natural. Quill at this point drops the whole, you know, I'm sad about Gamora thing and kind of moves past it. And the movie becomes far, far better for it. Um, and they also start, uh, you know, dealing with, well, f- for a start in the second, in the third act, Rocket is back up and running again, which means that he's now part of the cast because he spends two thirds of the movie not being in the movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, I found it worse. And I thought that the villain, the high evolutionary was excellent. One of the best Marvel villains I've seen in a long time, because there was none of this, oh, let's make him slightly redeemable. Let's try and get behind his motivation. So at least you can have an insight. He was just a, a crazy bad dude. And sometimes that's what you want in a, in an epic movie. Uh, and he was, he was completely and utterly horrible and irredeemable and played like that. Not played with, with, um, you know, a lot of, uh, he was played with nuance, but, but there was no attempt to try and try and give his perspective or anything. Just everybody thought he was a colossal dick and even the people who worked for him wanted to kill him. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that works. That absolutely works. Um, and, uh, so, you know, normally the Marvel villains are very, very generic uh, and this guy, I thought, wasn't. And I thought, you know, the, and, and I think he demonstrates some real threat. And uh, I, I liked all of that. I liked how they brought the um, the rest of the of the crew together at the end. I even liked how they kind of, you know, closed it off to say, right, we're not going to do any more Guardians movies like this because everyone's going away. I liked all of it. I just thought the first half was absolutely appalling. And it was like two different movies. It was... Um Kind of unforgettable for me. I agree with you that they did a complete disservice to Adam Warlock because in the comics, Adam Warlock is this very wise sage. He's created as a counter to Thanos. And um, because in the comic books, the Marvel Universe, Thanos has basically had four major arcs. And he's the same Thanos most of the time. He wants to kill half the universe or he's a servant of death and... Adam Warlock lives in the soul gem and it's a whole universe within the gem. And that's where he comes from. But regardless of his origin, he's a very mercurial. I can't say that now. Yeah. Mercurial. Mercurial. Um, He's always kind of aloof, but in an intelligent way, not a, and in the movies, he's just kind of this child. He was made, he was made a MacGuffin. Yeah. We, We, we don't get to understand i mean for a start i'm thinking well where did his powers come from she the you know the other golden lady grew him out of a out of a case we saw that at the end of the guardians too but we don't understand how he got his powers i'm looking at thinking crikey if she could complete com- uh, create a guy like that with all those powers why didn't she just do that before then she never would have had to, any problems dealing with the guardians yeah uh you know we don't understand what his powers are um no he's so- just powerful He's just powerful, and um, so we don't know how much of a threat he is. We don't understand anything about his motivations because he doesn't really have any. 
Um, and to yeah, I, I think I can understand what they were trying to make it funny. They were trying. It wouldn't be really funny to have this this hugely powerful person who's who's basically a child. But that's well, they been did not- that with they did that with Drax. That's the problem. That, that yeah, they just exactly. redid Drax. Exactly. And and actually, I thought Drax's arc in this was interesting because I was annoyed with Drax. The whole for all three of those movies because he's meant to be Drax the Destroyer. He's meant to be a powerful dude, and you can make a guy a powerful dude while still making him, making him a bit stupid and slow. And instead, they whenever he fought anybody, he always got his ass kicked. Yes, in the in the previous two movies, he wasn't a destroyer. He was pathetic. Yeah, and in at least in this movie, you see him become more of a ba- a badass. Um, but I, again, I I just thought I I don't I I've heard that Dave. Batista is grateful for the part, but doesn't want to play it anymore. I, he wants to play um, more real actor roles. I don't blame him because Drax was made a bit of a laughing stock. Well, I mean, um, he's been in what five movies now. Yeah, and and in every single one, they they basically they have him played the same way. Yeah, and um, you know now they gave that uh, they gave him something he could do in this and something he was good at. But even that, but even then, I I think you know they should. To me, it's more interesting to have a character who is extremely dangerous but also stupid. I hated, uh, you know. Oh, geez, what's his name? The tree guy, Groot. Groot. It clearly the best version of that was when he was a, a little kid in the second movie. Uh, he kind of stole the movie. He's fun. He's interesting. Yeah, I think uh, in I think the first he movie quite- he's interesting and kind of a badass. In yeah. this movie, eh, I mean, he's clearly a guy walking around in a suit. Yeah, and well, it they, looked yeah, they, terrible. Yeah, they they've I think they they were they were going for trying to make him like a, a young buffed up Groot as opposed to the the other one was meant to be much older. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he just wasn't he just wasn't really well used at no. all. No, you know, because he's just basically he's a weapon. Yes. he's not um, you know, um, and they they make a whole. Obviously, the, the, there's the in-joke about the fact that everybody can understand what he says, even though he says the same thing over and over again. Um, a, again, that part, those parts just did not work for me in this movie at all. No, they're um, reusing jokes, and I don't know. I, it was completely, not completely, but almost completely forgettable for me, and I think that uh, yeah. is telling. I also didn't like... Um, it wasn't so bad in the second half, but in the first half, in the original in the first movie... They played old songs like Earth songs. Yes. When Peter Quill was wearing his his Walkman, in this movie they just play them whenever they feel like it. Yeah, and they sometimes sometimes the character would do really bad yeah, but, songs. Well, you can argue the songs good or bad. Whatever. No, they're but the bad. point is, is that is that sometimes a character is wearing the Zoom, and so that's what they're listening to, and then after a while they just drop that and they just play songs as as interludes. And yeah, completely effectively overuse the effect. Yes, you know. You know, um, the, here's the sad part. In my opinion, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is almost a perfect movie. Yeah, it, they they that. create these characters that were minor characters at best in the comic books. Um, they stay true to for the most part to all of them. Although Gamora is way more badass in the comic books than she is in the movies. Yeah. Um, but they, it, you understand each and every character and why they're there. You understand that rocket and Groot is a team. 
you understand Quill is, he thinks he's Han Solo, but he's not. Yeah. Um, you understand Gamora. They're, all these characters are just really well done. It all comes together. You see how the team forms. Uh, you even buy, you know, Drax that he's this guy in the prison and he goes with them because for reasons doesn't matter. He's with them and you completely buy it. And his dry sardonic kind of works. He's, he's literal about everything. Yeah. And he's not the butt end of every joke. He's not. And you kind of do believe he's kind of a badass. They get away from all of that in the second and the third movies. Yeah. And they're just, they suffer for it because I want the characters to be more like that first movie. Now, fish out of water, people, strangers coming together to form a greater thing. It's hard to beat that formula because this is the first time you're experiencing it. It's really good. But even on rewatches, it's almost a perfect superhero movie. It's just really, really, really good because they're really not superheroes. Um, Neither one of the, I thought the second movie, you know, the more I think about it, the second movie is, is the worst, even with Kurt Russell, Uh, the plot's just bad. I don't care. You know, the guy's actually a bad guy, but you kind of don't want him to be, but he is. Um, I, I can't even remember how that movie ends. I know they're flying around in something and he, I don't know. It doesn't matter because who cares? They reset everything at the end. Whereas in this one, the consequences from Avengers Endgame is front and center. I did like that aspect of it. Like, hey, she died and she's here again, but it's not the same one. She does not have feelings for him at all. No, that that part was fine. It's the moping around before that kind of annoyed me. It's just like, you know, it, it's it's just not I don't I don't think you know Quill's been through an awful lot he's had to deal with an awful lot right I don't believe that he would take uh, what happened at Endgame and losing Gamora I don't believe he would take it like that where he just would give up on everything I just don't buy it I don't whether it wasn't played right whether it wasn't written right but the idea is is that after that for years and years afterwards he's continuing to uh, mope around yeah, I just don't buy it. I really don't. Um, and I, I didn't buy it at all. And and I found it really irritating um, because, you know, it's just like it, it just doesn't I, it just didn't make sense to me. You know, so the the quill that has written would do what he did later on in this movie, which is when he finally meets up with with the alternate Gamora. He'd be trying to woo her again. He'd be trying to say, well, I'm going to do what I did last time. Uh, you know, and she's going to fall for it. That's what he would do. He wouldn't just sit around going, "I can't ever approach her," uh, or anything like that. And that's not what—that's not what the character is. Hmm. The character is always, um, and he, he does, in other aspects, he does it in this movie, which is, you know, I've got no plan, but I'm going to dive in because I always luck out. You know, yeah. the thing is, he is a very weak uh, character. Now, I don't mean that by physically, although he is, and he doesn't have any powers. Um, he's not really a, a brilliant tactician in, by any stretch of no. imagination. He, he's kind, he is kind of an idiot. Uh, he does win by more luck or those around him than anything else. Yeah. But he's weak. Weak. And I kind of do buy that he would be mopey like this. Because yeah. he, he didn't have a... He, he didn't grow up properly. He grew up with these fucking pirates. Mm. You know? And then... Uh, 
he kind of goes on his own and things kind of work out. And then he finally falls in love and she's ripped away from him. And then there's a living reminder of her right there. It's the same woman, but it's not. So I, yeah, I, she, I actually kind of did buy that because no, he isn't she, one yeah. just to put stuff to the side. He he never had to deal with loss before. Right. So I kind of buy she, it. Yeah. The point is she's not right there, though. She's nowhere there. And so, you know, it would... Devastating it is, most people uh, uh, would, would find a way to move on from it, even if they were hurting inside. And he doesn't. And I, I just... I didn't buy it. And the problem is... I don't know. There's a lot I, of people that do it. turn to booze and stuff when something yeah, bad happens. I, I, but, but I, I kind of bought it for the holiday special, but I expect I having agree done with you that, there. I expect yep. them to, the two have moved on. Yeah, they I agree with you there. The holiday special was the perfect place to deal with it, and they kind of did when they go get yeah. Kevin Bacon and all that, and they had the big musical number. That was brilliant, by the way. The, the, it, it was, but That was again, so good. I, I, I have a real problem... And we're going to talk about Ahsoka in a minute, and uh, it's the same sort of thing. I have a real problem where uh, they they do a big tentpole and they assume, oh, everyone will be caught up on the stuff that happened before, right? Especially when you're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. A lot of people will go, uh, well, yeah, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, so this is the sequel, so it follows on from there. And then they're going to go into this movie and go, oh, there's a whole load of stuff that's different here, and there's no explanation for it whatsoever. And the explanation is you had to subscribe to Disney Plus and watch the holiday special. I don't think that's good enough, frankly. Well, I don't I, know. If, I don't know if the holiday special had anything to. You had to watch Endgame. No, you had. To, you also had to watch the holiday special. Why? What's in that movie why, that does? You wouldn't know that why they were anything. in nowhere. You wouldn't understand why Kraglin was struggling with the arrow. You wouldn't understand who the hell Cosmo the Russian dog is. Well, yeah, that's yeah. not true. You know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't understand all of that. And it's just like you basically you're taking a whole load of characters who people think they know. And remember, the last time we saw those characters was in uh, if you have been to other Marvel movies was in Thor Love and Thunder, where they were still living in a spaceship. And all of a sudden they're in this new place with all of these people they're responsible for. See, I forgot about and, them being in Thor Love and Thunder yeah, because exactly. that was such a garbage movie. Well, yeah, but the point is, is, is that I'm. I don't believe you. It's you service the audience by assuming they know everything. It's a comic. It's a typical comic book mistake. Oh, assuming you know all the backstory. Yeah. Um. You know, and and uh, all of that. I I just don't think it services the audience properly. And and I don't. You know, you and I disagree on this. I know we've disagreed before, but I don't think you can build these movies exclusively for the fans. I think well, you if need you to had. Make them accessible if, enough yeah if they just simply did in the previews a catching up yeah that would be i mean the first two minutes of the movie is previously like they, they do that on tv shows why can't they or, do that in a movie or have somebody uh, have a narrator yeah you, you know what the way i would have done it i would have had the russian cosmo dog narrate the the uh the thing the, that would have uh, been introduction. good introduction that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. And then we would have known. And then it would have been, okay, it would have taken two minutes. Yep. Yeah. And then people would know. Otherwise, and that's part of the problem, is that, you know, we're in this place and we're just trying to think, figure out why they're here. Why are they suddenly living in this head? Why are there so many people there? Are they responsible or are they just living there? Because you don't know that unless you've seen Holiday Special, right? Oh, they seem to run the place. Maybe I don't know. Oh, here's this guy attacking them. Where the hell's he come from? What's his problem? Why? There's so much at the beginning where you're thinking, I don't understand what the hell's going on, and 
it the, all of this stuff is meant to motivate the plot and if you're if what's driving the movie is stuff where you go oh, i don't really understand what's going on you're not going to care about it if you don't care about it you're not going to enjoy and that's what happens that's exactly what happens is basically the first half of the movie people don't enjoy it because it's hard to care about any of it then by the second half Right. All of a sudden, we've now got proper motivation. We've seen what Rocket went through under this guy and we've seen what they did, what he did to his friends. And we've seen how truly awful it was for him to elevate a creature into intelligence. Yeah. And then basically treat him like garbage, like he's a machine. We saw all of that and we're immediately thinking, wow, he's a bad dude. And the more we see of him and the more we realize that he's not doing it for some higher purpose, he's doing it just because he thinks it's fun. Right. And then when we start to hate the hate the villain more, empathise with Rocket more, and then we're we're behind the team, kicking uh, the high the um, what's he called the high evolutionary's ass. At that point, we're going, you know, this is a bad guy. This is where the Guardian should be doing. But it takes half the movie to get there, and that first half is just garbage. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, like me, you've only seen one episode of Ahsoka. Yeah, which is but kind of ironic because there's four episodes out now and i don't it's not that i don't care number one cole and julia are watching it with me so we all have to be together to watch it yeah but there's been opportunities to do so and none of us have chosen to do so um i thought the first episode was okay i've seen everything star wars up to this point so i know the backstory from rebels i know all of it i know what happens at the end i know this is a direct continuation of rebels that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing, except it kind of is. Well, so yes, this is this is my this is my problem. Well, not well, not really a problem, but I understand your reaction to it because obviously you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago that you'd seen the first episode and you you, you know you thought it was okay, uh, and I thought, oh well, you know that's kind of disappointing, really. Now I what deliberate? I'd I'd not. I I think I stopped watching Rebels at the end of season two, so I'd not seen the final two seasons. So I decided before I watched Ahsoka, I was going to watch the final two seasons, so I was caught up because I knew that Ahsoka is is about the search for Ezra Bridger. And having done that, and I literally watched the last episode of Rebels, and then immediately watched the first episode of Ahsoka. It it absolutely fits. This is a sequel to Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. Correct. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see other things in there, but this is basically a direct sequel to Rebels, and there are, having seen the two shows back-to-back, the finale of Rebels and then the beginning of um, of Ahsoka, I mean, there's stuff in there that's delib- that quite deliberately echoes back to the finale of Rebels in terms of the set design, where Sabine is living, um, some of the stuff on the walls, some of the things that are said, so all of this sort of thing. You know, even the, the the setup, which I'm not really I'm not really buying at the moment, that Sabine was um, Ahsoka's apprentice. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I I'm 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 walking because so at the end of Rebels, right? The, um, Ezra Bridger has disappeared. He's basically been sucked off into hyperspace with Thrawn by these space whales that he called in to save the day at the Battle of the Thal. So. Um, that's the setup for this, and at the end of the finale of Rebels. Um, He's left the, the hollow messages for everybody, and Sabine recognizes that when he he said to her, "I'm counting on you," he rec- she recognizes that actually what he meant by that was, "I hope you'll come and f- I think this might go south. I hope you'll come and find me." So you see Sabine walking up to Ahsoka at the end of Rebels, and they're going to go off and find Ezra together, right? Um, 
it's taken quite a long time and it looks like um ahsoka's been busy doing other stuff as well but anyway that's kind of by the by but yeah I'm, there's no suggestion during the rebel series that sabine wren is is i mean she's an excellent character she's one of the best characters they created for rebels i think she's a, a mandalorian she's um from a family who were associated with running mandalore and she designed a lot of the weapons that the imperials then used to destroy mandalore or attack mandalore so she's got a lot of issues she's also not only an artist but you know a pretty badass herself and an expert on explosives all of that is fine and she was very close with bridger they were like a brother and sister but there's nothing to suggest that she was remotely force sensitive no. except for the fact that she briefly had the um the dark the dark saber and uh kane and jarish showed her how to fight with it right and at the end of rebels you see her pick up um ezra's abandoned lightsaber and use it to smash through a window um but so she's had some training with sword play but even with that there was no real suggestion that she was force sensitive enough to become an apprentice and so i'm i'm just i'm scratching my head going well okay i can see i i can they obviously they want to build some tension between the pair of them and that's the way they've decided to do it uh with the whole failed apprentice thing which you know it's been done so much yeah in star wars you know and i think that's one of the other issues i'm i'm having with the first episode of Ahsoka is that um, it's leaning very heavily into traditional Star Wars. And really, you know, what you and I have said before is one of the where these shows are best is when they actually ignore all the big stuff and focus on smaller things and things we've not seen before. And in fact, this is going to be a big epic Save the Galaxy show. Uh, yeah, they're know, saying that you gonna the they're gonna actually put the season finale in theaters, right? Which yeah, I don't have a problem with, but uh, yeah, I know, but I just, I just the <laughs> it's hard it's hard to understand the motivation behind somebody like David Filoni, who works so hard to do different stuff in the Star Wars universe to find that with the last couple of things he's doing, it's going back to be the traditional thing. You know, and he's not but even. What, but what's he really done differently, though? When you get right down to it, well, he, he took this Boba is, Fett, this which is, is the Mandalorian. Be, the Boba, yeah, Boba Fett wasn't its own thing. It was a Mandalorian show, right? And right. it became more Mandalorian show. And then we've had the. No, I'm saying the Mandalorian last, and Boba Fett. It's the same thing. Yeah, but then we've had then we've had uh, the last season of the Mandalorian, which wasn't really about the Mandalorian very much at all no it was on mandalore but it wasn't about the character of the mandalorian right and now we've got this show ahsoka which is a sequel to rebels but what it's going to be it's going to be another big epic space opera with the mystical jedi and the you know the um the force sensitive bits and pieces you know the maps that can only be opened by certain people we this has all been done before in star wars by him (sighs) yeah but let's see something new it, I mean, it just feels like they have, have having had a breakout hit with the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, they are now veering back towards the traditional Star Wars tropes. You know what and I feel like they're doing with all these building different up for movies. Yeah, they're building up to an Avengers type of event in Star Wars, where you get Mando and CGI Luke and Ahsoka and Edger Bridger, and they're going to go after. There's a big baddie coming, and they need all these Jedi. 
and this is how they're and, and, the, and warriors you know the difficulty we've got is that uh, and and I th- is a real becoming you could you could forgive the mandalorian because the scope of it was much smaller but now we've got obi-wan and we've got this um and we've got all this stuff that's going to happen there's going to be a big epic battle with thrawn and and all of that sort of thing and then apparently in a few years in the star wars future all of that will be forgotten uh, and when the uh, when the new what what they call the first order starts to rise again, everyone everyone will go ha ha ha. We defeated the empire. There's no chance of them ever rising again, and won't take it seriously. And you're going to think, hang on, there's going to be a big problem in the middle uh, where the where the empire is at, at risk of taking the galaxy over again under Thrawn or whatever, and Jedi are there and all of these sorts of things. And then in a few years' time, everyone's going ooh uh, yeah, the empire never rise again, and all the Jedi have gone. Um, and nobody's seen any of them since. And it, the problem is it does, doesn't fit. Yeah. And the problem with you know? that is they set these TV shows before between, the latest movies. Between the movies, yeah. It was a mistake. Right? It yeah. was a mistake. And and the problem is the bigger they make them and the more Star Warsy they make them in terms of, you know, the, the basically, I mean, you can see the way it's going. Ahsoka's going to be a big Jedi show. Yep. Big stakes, uh, threat of the Empire is basically it's Star Wars all over again with different characters, uh, and the problem is, is yeah, we know that 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 doesn't fit with the universe they showed us to in in one good and then two not so good movies. Yeah, two terrible you know? movies. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, but in some so respects, that, I try to turn a lot of that off and just enjoy it for what it is. Well, yeah, at I the don't end wanna, of the day, I, it's just I don't Star wanna, Wars. I don't, yeah, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I've got to say that actually, I having just watched Rebels, which was a show I really quite liked, I'm really kind of digging that all of these characters are back again. I did, again that the um, there is a prequel. There is a prequel problem here. I think Rebels was not that popular a show, and no. it was quite a while ago. So I think a lot of people are going to be watching this and will have forgotten half of what's been going yes. on. And they, the intro crawl basically told us very little. I even forgot when they started going about Morgan Elsbeth. I had to go and look it up who it was. Oh, yeah, she was the chick that Ahsoka defeated and got the spear off. Yeah, um, I had to remind in, Julian in Cole. Like, Usually I don't have to remind Cole that stuff, but I did because he yeah. was like, who is this? I was like, well, that's... And I remembered. I was like... Remember when they finally had Ahsoka in Mandalorian and he, she was fighting that one lady with the uh, spear? He goes, yeah, that's her. Oh, that's her? Because he didn't recognize her. Yeah, but the, but the, this is the problem. is When that happens, I found myself in a situation when, when the, the two, and it's not clear whether they're proper Sith, but they're behaving like Sith, the two dark Jedi mercenaries come on board to break her out of prison, right? Which, again, by the way, the dumbest imperial uh, republic people ever yeah oh this doesn't check out well let's invite them on board and have a chat with them yeah yeah uh, how about we point the turbo lasers at them and don't let them anywhere near our ship when we've got a high profile prisoner on board but uh, by the by um when they came on i then had to start googling thinking well um, have i seen these characters before no nope. that i knew they weren't in rebels maybe they were in the clone wars that i've not seen and, and the, that's the problem you've no idea no, they've got the typical generic Star Wars names, gobbledygook names. So you've no idea whether these are real characters or not. Yeah. And and it's really, really hard work trying to keep up now with all this continuity when, you know, they're throwing bits in and out. And you just want to feel like throw the audience a bone. Let us know who's who and what's what. Yeah. You yeah. know, I agree. Um, 
and uh, and so I was disappointed with that. But apart from that, I've got to I've got to say I enjoyed the first episode of Ahsoka. I'm still not really buying Sabine as a Jedi apprentice, but you know it was good to see Ahsoka again. I like the way they're they have basically taken the um, cartoon universe and made it real. Um, you know they've not they've not cheated on that. They've actually done it. Lothal looks like it did in the cartoon. Yeah, it really um, did. They've. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that I'm buying um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's a big star as Hera. I, looks, I didn't immediately. She looks weird. She looks weird. Yeah, yeah. she just looks weird. Um, I keep thinking that's know, that's uh, Obi Wan's wife. Well, because she doesn't. Well, yeah, you life. have to wonder that's how, if that's how she got the job. They know, said I, no. I, it's I, not. But I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to diss her. She's she is a good actress, and I've seen her in other things. She's good. But yeah. Here and also as well, this is this should be an older hero than um, I don't know how Twi'leks are meant to age, but she should be quite a lot older than she was in Rebels. And if anything, the way they've done the makeup looks makes her look younger but puffier. Yes. Um, and even the green doesn't look quite right. It looks like it's a bit of mist. Yes. I, it, she, I just it's wasn't. Too bright. I, I, yeah, I looked at her and I thought, mm, I'm not really sure. I'm, you know. And the thing is, Ahsoka's. Um, I, I know what it was. It was a, her head. You know, they, they have those tentacles instead of hair. Yep. Yeah. Her tentacles look funny. Well, they don't uh, move or anything. They don't yeah. look like Whereas, they're actually part but, of her. But also, they they don't look kind of real. Whereas, no. actually, what they've done with the Sokers is actually quite good because it has texture to it. Correct. And it looks older and it looks like it's real, whereas yep. actually hers don't. I think that was the problem. And maybe it's a cgi or makeup a makeup problem they've tried to fix with cgi but they are not pulling it off no i agree uh, i i'll be interested to see in the future episodes whether i buy her as the character but at the moment i'm not so the big you know, two I'm, movies really to come out of the summer was uh oppenheimer and barbie you've seen oppenheimer and i haven't yet and i've seen barbie and you haven't yet <laughs> now i don't want to spoil either one of them but um i know i'm going to like oppenheimer I, th- from the trailer, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. Um, but I'm waiting for streaming. Barbie, yeah. I had to watch. There's a whole story, but I don't want to go into it. Um, <laughs> and I thought I would hate it, and I actually enjoyed it. It was yeah. it was clever. It was uh, self-depreciating as yeah. far as Hasbro goes. Uh, what a good company to allow that. I mean, you'll see it. Is it Hasbro or is it Mattel? I thought it was uh, Mattel. Whichever one. Yeah, I think it is Mattel. Um, It was just, it was good in a way that um, uh, the Lego movie was good. The first one. Yeah. It was Uh, that kind of movie. It was just fun and light and well acted and goofy. You don't take any of it serious uh, and you buy into it. They don't, they don't go into the, how could this actually be? And forget all that. And just enjoy yeah. it, and it was just a fun movie. It just was. Yeah, I look. I I think um, Margot Robbie's a, Margot Robbie's a terrific actress, yep. and you know she's obviously she's producer. She had some very strong ideas about what she wanted to be. She's worked with uh, an Oscar-winning director, who um, you know they they've by all accounts understand how to deliver the material. And I, going back to some of the other things I'm talking about, this is what frustrates me sometimes: is when you get people have been doing the same thing for too long and they don't let new ideas come in yeah and i don't know whether 
um, that's a Marvel problem or a Star Wars Kathleen Kennedy style problem or whether it's just the same people doing the same stuff over and over again. But you've got to freshen things up. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, uh, the the two kind of big tentpole properties that were that came out as movies this year, because there was a Super Mario movie as well. And a lot of people were genuinely surprised by that, by how enjoyable it was. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, it really was. It, um, was a, it was a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really, really great. And and again, you've you've you're giving good people the opportunity to really stretch their wings and do something different. And that's it's, all we're asking from Hollywood yeah. when they get this whole straight thing figured out. Yeah. We we problem, just want good yeah. stuff that's fun. The the problem is is that is that unfortunately there will be now pressure because of the huge success of Barbie. I think it's even I think it beat pretty much everything this summer in terms yeah, of Yeah, pretty Tango. much. Yeah, is that there were? I mean, when are we going to do Barbie two? They're going to want to go back to the well. Yeah, I hope and, they don't. I hope this is yeah, one well, and done. It might be. It might be difficult to replicate the same success. Yes, it now, would. When it comes, I think it'd be impossible. A fish out of water story. You can only do it once. Yeah. Well, now when it comes to, um, uh, and we saw that with the Lego movie, which where the first one was brilliant, the second one really wasn't. Yep. Um, so Oppenheimer is is a fan obviously this is it's not a fun movie by any stretch of the imagination but it's actually i knew i knew a fair amount about oppenheimer's life and story i'll be right back david keep going yeah i i knew uh th- this is not just about the development of the atom bomb which he was instrumental in because he, he led the project but it's actually about his whole life uh, and what happened to him after when he was uh, effectively uh, drummed out of of the of having anything to do with with atomic energy. Um, uh, in the movie, they make a big play of why that was done. It was done for personal reasons. Um, that is an angle that was taken by the biographer they based this movie on. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's quite as cut and dried as that, but um, definitely what they do here is they um, is Cillian Murphy plays Robert Oppenheimer really nails the part. He nails the character in the, you know, this guy wasn't actually, he was brilliant um, and he was able to do brilliant things. But he wasn't actually that nice a guy and he made a lot of mistakes that came back to haunt him uh, and people were able to exploit. Um, but it's still, a, it's a fascinating character study. It's really, really um, very well put together, uh, incredibly well acted. It's full of all sorts of faces and people that you'll find familiar who are really doing great jobs um and um yeah it's a great great movie it's a typical um nolan christopher nolan movie in that you know it really makes you think um it often misdirects you into where you think it's going um but it you know and um i think one smart thing they did is they didn't when it comes to actually seeing the explosion of the atom bomb which obviously is a, is a pivotal scene in the movie. Um, they did it very, very, um, it, they did almost in an abstract way, rather than doing it in a you know full-on CGI, let's really show what an atom bomb looks like way, which I think is right, because it then brings across more about the emotions that seeing what they'd achieved generate, rather than actually the spectacle itself. Um, you know, so, and, and to anybody who's not sure, this is not a movie about, the development of the atom bomb it is about robert oppenheimer um which makes so, for a more interesting movie to be honest well, but yeah, well yeah because it's it's 
it's much more about the ramifications of what they did uh, and the, uh, you know, how it, how it was inevitable and how everyone had to race to do it. And yet um, a lot of people had some qualms about what they were doing and what would happen afterwards. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's just really, really well done. Um, it's very, very enjoyable um on a on an intellectual level it's not as i say it's not really a fun movie by any stretch of the imagination but um yes yeah, it's, it's uh it's it's really good this is one where i don't i'm not sure whether i know that you know nolan likes to do imax and he likes to do big theater presentation and everything i it's hard for me to visualize whether the movie will lose any impact by watching it at home um or not um, because you know it's, it isn't really a spectacle movie, right? But sometimes, sometimes those emotional notes that it's driving for can can be a little bit harder to generate on TV on a TV screen. Um, you know, something to do with the, the the sound and and the the framing and that sort of thing. I don't know whether it'll be quite as good on on um, streaming or not, but we'll have to see. I don't. I certainly don't blame people who don't want to go to the movie theatre for it, and I definitely wouldn't say it needs anyone thinking oh, I must see it in IMAX. No, you don't. No, you well, really I don't. I don't know if I've it's, ever seen a movie that was like, man, I you have to see this in in IMAX. I actually, I find IMAX quite difficult because you can't see the entire screen in one go. You end up moving a lot darting your head around yes. the screen trying to see everything that's going on and i actually don't think it's that great i don't but i don't maybe, enjoy going maybe to maybe i've IMAX. just been to crappy imax no I, I i've been to a few at big tentpole movies um and even from um uh what's his name now the director um christopher nolan um yeah at, i i saw the first avatar in imax that and i, I I've yet to see a movie in IMAX. I was like, I'm so glad I saw that in IMAX. Well, it's it's I annoying. I'm, I don't well, want... No matter where you sit, you have to move your head around the whole time. What's going on? Look at this character. Look at, and most of it, it doesn't make any difference at all. And then if they have a couple of set pieces that, oh, wow, look at that. I don't. I can see it just fine on my home screen that's you know, yeah. 54 inches or whatever the hell it is. I, I do know that, that apparently not all IMAXs are the same. And apparently no, there's but, a lot of- a lot the, of bad IMAX out there. The one but, um, nearest me is in Grand Rapids, and it is a very nice IMAX setup. It really is. Yeah. Um, but but, but the, the, I, apparently I there are there are you know, it's, it's like all these things. There is IMAX, and then there is IMAX, and the the purists say that there are only very few theaters where you can experience it the way it's meant to be experienced. But why make a that movie that requires a, a few select theaters to show it correctly? That's yeah. just that's the kind of directing that I can't stand the kind of director is like, well, if you don't watch it here, you don't see my true vision. So shut the fuck up. Who are you? Seriously. I'm going to spend this kind of money and I got to go to a special theater. Otherwise I don't get the foot kiss my ass. How about that? (laughs) No one gives a shit. Stop being so (laughs) self-important. Seriously. (laughs) I'd I'd say it to their face. I don't give a shit. Maybe IMAX should adopt that as a slogan. It's like yeah. IMAX. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yep. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub. Hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. If you it. don't like Geeks Pub, kiss, kiss my, my ass. ass. That's right. Um, we'll be back in a week or so uh, with Tech Fan. Uh, um, what are we going to talk about on Tech Fan next week? There's nothing tech happening this week. Well, I'm, for- I'm getting a gaming PC on Thursday or Friday, yeah. so... Okay. I'll, I'll have initials, impressions of that. 
Um, uh, and obviously, the Apple event is happening on Tuesday. So yeah, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> what? Oh, new iPhone! Apple, Yay! Kiss my ass. Well, the, there's a new iPhone. Well, every year there's how how great is it going to be compared to the one I've got in my pocket? Uh, well, yeah, it's two percent be. better. Woo. This could be this could be the the year they completely revolutionise the iPhone. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, yeah, I don't. I have. I thought it was. I actually, before we started recording, I said, "Oh, I should probably see what happened at the Apple event this last Tuesday." Oh, it's this next Tuesday. Yeah, okay. That's how important the Apple events are nowadays. Who cares? You're just a jaded old man, Tim. No, all I'm those. Just, I just want something punches, new and different, and I'm not getting it. It's frustrating. All those punches you took to the head as a kid have, yeah. have <laughs> all those fights. Mostly have, in the uh, eyes and the nose. And yeah, have impaired you. Yeah, that's what it is. You're a broken man. Broken. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. I would put that as the name of the show, but it probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Open Barbie is what I'll probably use. Yeah. All right, man. I will see you right, next week. See you then. Bye. <laughs>